It's the Weird But Wonderful podcast. Welcome, welcome back for your weekly dose of weirdness with me, your Australian podcast Sherpa, James Carline. On this show, we take a journey into the minds of strange people doing strange things. We're fascinated by people, their behavior, their motivations, and we're really just trying to understand people a little better on this show. And we like to do that with psychology journals, peer-reviewed studies, and ridiculous news stories. And speaking of ridiculous things, one, I am 31 years old today. Woo, gross. Number two, Oregon uh, figures that, you know, drive-thrus, it's not for fast food anymore. Drive-thrus are out for fast food. Strip clubs are in. Get like leave it to America. America does like drive-through banking, you know. We've already got like the fast food and stuff, Natch, and now it's a strip club in Oregon uh, has had to alter its business model due to the con- coronavirus pandemic. It, you know, everyone's doing it these days, which has forced restaurants, bars, and venues to close their dining and showrooms. So to help its employees continue to make money during the shutdown, the club opened up a drive-through experience. I wonder what that's like. Well, you don't need to wonder. I just remembered that I because I put these notes together like sporadically. I have different files for like different episodes or whatever. Hey, a little bit of a, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. But uh, if you are a Patreon, a subscriber, a supporter of the show on patreon.com forward slash one weird podcast, there will be pictures of this. Uh of the the experience you will get to experience it vicariously through still images um sean bolden owner of the lucky devil lounge in portland oregon told fox news that the idea for his club's new drive-through lane came came about after he was contacted by a local event company bolden said employees at the event company were also out of work due to the shutdown but they were willing to work with Lucky Devil Lounge to create a new experience in the club's parking lot. Bolden said he he mulled over the idea for about a week. I'm willing to bet it was shorter. I'm going to say like a day, a day, day and a half. Hmm. Sexy drive-through experience in the parking lot. What says sexy to you? Parking lots? Whew. I'm Randy. And drive throughs Oh, quick and dirty service. <laughs> okay, it's gross. <laughs> okay, let's not... Hey, let's not make a piece of business model ingenuity into something gross, okay? James, quote, I didn't want to bring the wrong kind of attention, he explained. I'm trying to, what do you think the wrong kind of attention would be for a drive-through strip club in a parking lot, do you think? People trying, people not even in cars. <laughs> hey, I'm on, I'm, this is technically a vehicle. Um, sir, you're on a push bike with a raging heart. I'm going to need you to leave and your smell. Um, he says that his club had been following strict safety protocols since the news of the outbreak first broke and he didn't want to do something that would look like they aren't taking it seriously. Good, good, might I add. Yes, we're taking the outbreak very seriously. As you can see, Amanda has her breasts exposed in the parking lot. There's tents. There's tents, okay? 
It's very professional. It's a professional vibe here in the parking lot that we're taking very seriously. Don't get out of your car. You will shower the ladies in money from your window. Thank you. (laughs) After figuring out a way to pull off the idea while still keeping the dancers safe and maintaining social distancing, just keep them in their cars. I mean, that's obviously what they went on to do, but like, isn't that, that's the point of drive-through. At no point in a drive-through experience do you get out and start touching the person that, you know, (laughs) that you're actually, I don't want to name names, but someone that I know has been expressing to me recently a concern about when they hand someone money. I think the person that I know listens to this. It's fine. No one's going to know it's you. It's only me and you that know it's you. Okay, I'm not going to say your name. But they've <laughs> they've been <laughs> talking about how they have this like weird thing like when they go to give money to someone, let's say it like, you know, you're at a coffee place or whatever and you're getting a coffee and you're paying your money when they either like take the good or give the money, they like accidentally caress the hand of the person that's serving them. And they, they're not doing it intentionally, but they're accidentally doing it. And um, this is quite a concern that she has. <laughs> I've said she. Again, I'm, nay, I'm not going to name your name. No one knows who you are. Okay. You're fine. But she's accidentally like caressing their hand and it's something that she's consciously trying not to do. But, you know, when you, you know, when you, you, you like focus on it too much and then you can't help but thinking about it and then you think about it too much and then you accidentally end up doing it. That's, I think, is what her problem. But maybe they're trying to avoid that, you know, a little bit of a, you know, a money caress, an exchange caress. Um, after setting it up, he invited some friends and co-workers to try it out. He installed a GoPro on the top of his car and drove through. When he reviewed the footage, he said it was, and I quote, awesome. <laughs> I don't know why they put awesome in inverted commas. I, like, I love the idea that um, he went through, <laughs> he, like even he wasn't prepared for how good it was going to be. He's like, okay, we'll, 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 uh, I guess we'll slap a GoPro on the roof just to sort of get the vibe, you know, of the, you know, the experience to see what it's like and him <laughs> watching it back. Oh my God. This is awesome. Get Fox News here now. This is fucking rad. Quote, it reminded me of driving through a haunted house, he said. There's lights, fog, and a giant disco ball. Bit of a different haunted house vibe than what I'm normally used to. You know. Little bit different. Don't know if I ever saw naked people in any of the haunted houses I, you know, have had the fun of going through. Actually, one I went through was a little scary one time, um when you could hear the, there was like a a chainsaw and we were like, oh, that's a really good sound effect. And then as we got closer, you could smell the petrol of the chainsaw and we were like, that's a good smell effect. Don't know how they're doing that. And then the dude just had a chainsaw, which was terrifying in the moment. 
But then I looked back on it like not a terrified fuckhead and was like, well, there's no chain on it. We're fine. Kind of. We, we were kind of fine. <laughs> um, so, you know, very much like a haunted house with tits. Um, it basically works like this. So here's the rundown. And get your pencils and paper ready if you want to copy this business model. Cars pull in and the DJ starts playing a song. Oh, shit. Oh, what's what's the song? Whiskey Drinking Woman. No? Yes. The only reason I know that is because there was it's a long fucking there was a there was a podcast that I used to listen to called After Hours with Hardy and Frank and they also used to be radio presenters but there was a podcast that they did after hours after their show and then Frank's wife was a stripper and her stripper song was Whiskey Drinking Woman that's the only reason why that came to mind. I don't have like a stripper song, okay? <laughs> Any okay, anyway, so you pull up. You pull up. Song starts playing. Ooh, I'm grooving. I'm grooving the moo. Um, several dancers wearing gloves and face masks perform for the length of the song. And then the customer's food is brought to their car. Whoa, where did that come from? What the fuck? Okay, so it's a drive. Th- so it's it's a drive through as we know and love them. A, a typical run-of-the-mill food drive through that also happens to be filled with naked people that's you know it's i was that one came out of left field for me i did not see that there was going to be food involved in this i thought it was just you know our drive through but remove the food add nudity bing bang boom you know You've got your new business model, but there's food as well, apparently. The club even throws in a free roll of toilet paper. Parentheses, another item that's been in high demand since the outbreak. Okay. I don't know if I was getting food from somewhere that them giving me toilet paper at the same time, like that might be a bit of a red flag. Don't you think? Here's your here's your here's your burger fries and wings, and don't forget your complimentary toilet roll when you shit that out. Which would be a bad sign, you know. Give me a little uh, food poison vibes. <laughs> Did not expect there to be food involved with this. "Quote: People are super stoked," Bolden said. "I bet they are. They're getting." Naked ladies, they're getting a grooving song, they're getting food and shitter paper. What is this of what is this the like end of the world one stop shop? Best best time in it like this is giving me like really like if you ever watch like uh what do they call them? Like uh neo uh post apocalyptic movie. Th- that's this. This absolutely would show up in like, you know. The world has sort of ended and everyone's sort of gone back to being like scavengers and like, you know, fight clubs for money type of thing. This is where that exists. A thousand percent. So people are super stoked, Bolton said. They're happy to see other human beings and to get the strip club experience. It's, it's a, it's multi-sens- it's a multi-sensory experience. You know, there's, there's food for the eyes, food for the, food for the mouth. 
you know, f- food for the ears, song, nudity, deliciousness, shit of paper. You know, all every orifice is satisfied. <laughs> One group even traveled all the way from Seattle to experience the drive-thru. Okay, what's that drive? Seattle. Seattle to what was it? Oregon? Seattle to, okay. I just sort of want a distance. That's a six hour drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Someone was like, uh, just on the internet one day and they were like, holy fuck. I need to see this. I'm going to do a 12 hour round trip to experience a drive through strip club. That being said, though, it is probably a once in a lifetime experience. Um, so yeah, one group traveled from uh, Seattle to experience the drive-thru and at least one regular drove through three times in one night. <laughs> nice. He's like, hey guys, the drive through is so nice. I did it thrice. Um, the dancers are happy to be working and be labeled as essential workers. Hey, you know, you got, you got to do what you got to do to, to, to keep the business ticking over in these times. Hats, hats off to Bolden, hats off to the dancers, hats off to the Lucky Devil Lounge, you know, I mean, it's quite, it's, I don't want to say genius, it's clever, it's genius, fuck it, it's genius, it's neo-apocalyptic levels of geniusness, okay? Now, I did promise you at the beginning of the show that we do, we want to understand people better. So it really, I thought this was interesting. You know, I never really go to strip clubs. I went to one once for my brother-in-law's engagement party. Uh, engagement party. <laughs> bachelor party. Would have been a weird engagement party. If I went, This is my brother-in-law's bachelor party. And for me, it was just like, Strip clubs, uh, and again, I've only been once. So, you know, I'm, you know, not the czar of information on this stuff, you know. I've been one time. But it was an uncomfortable experience for me. Just because, like, a bunch of dudes all hanging out in a place, looking at naked girls together, feels a little weird. It feels weird to me. It would feel weirder if I went by myself, though. It all feels weird to me. Okay. And every... I can't help but... Like, I can't see past the facade of the fact that, like, every interaction here is fake and it's entirely motivated to extract money. And I get that. Like, that's the whole point of it, you know? They're trading, like... You know, they're giving, like, dudes attention and, like, you know, getting naked and stuff. And, you know, you're buying the ladies drinks and all that. Like, that's that's the whole point of it. But it's, like, it's so contrived. It's it's such a fake little thing. And I can't, I can't get past that personally. I don't... But I'm also someone who... I don't like small talk with people, you know. Like, I don't like fake interactions. So... This could just be like a me thing, but I'm just giving you my my experience. And the oh, like, there was because this in this place there was like a the 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 like stripper dance floor was like a rotating table, and there were like old dudes like 
waving their money out to to like the stripper on the pole and she'd like go to get it and they'd like draw it back to to like lure them over later it was just a it was creepy it's a creepy vibe and then there was like four five dudes just sitting shoulder to shoulder like on this couch right at the front it, it was all weird it was weird and creepy to me um so i wanted to look into off the back of this story you know why do men go to strip clubs because for me you know, I can't get over the whole sort of like fake interaction thing, but it seems like from what, everything that I read, everything that I dislike about strip clubs is what attracts men to it. <laughs> like, um, f- again, from what I'm read, it's a way for men to live out a fantasy, you know, when going to a strip club. And it's an easy way to be desired and to have attention from the opposite sex, um, and they they they're sort of like willing to buy into the facade to make themselves feel good and desired. One man said that he started going um, to strip clubs for affection. It's nice to be greeted by a beautiful woman who at least seems to be happy to see you. After a while, it turned into a social scene for me. Many of the dancers I've known for five years or more. I feel like that's going to happen. You know. In most places, you frequent it and then you just become like friends with the people or whatever. But like, again, it's motivated by affection and, you know, wanting to be desired by someone. I get that. One stripper shared that uh, the reason why Wall Street guys party so hard is because they're not happy with their jobs. You make money, but you're not happy. So you go out and splurge on strip clubs, drinking and drugs, and then the money depletes and you have to go make it again. The dancers are the same way. You make money, then you're so depressed. You end up shopping or going on vacation. The money depletes, so you go back. Again, these these are just sort of like, this is anecdotal at best, really. You know what I mean? These are like people's accounts of like why they went or strip, you know, in this case, a stripper sharing why she thinks, you know, the, you know, dudes who earn a lot of money go there and why strippers dance there. I'm sure it's different for everyone, but... Um, Another man said, the primary reason I go to strip clubs is loneliness. In the dead of night, alone at home, the loneliness sometimes becomes unbearable. There aren't necessarily places to go in the middle of the night, and most of those choices don't necessarily ensure any kind of reasonable human human interaction. So again, I feel like it's just a way for dudes to like to interact with the opposite sex. Dudes like, you know, heterosexual dudes like chicks. You know, you want to hang out with them and talk to them and stuff. And, like, I get that, you know, you want to feel desired and a little sexy, you know. (laughs) But it really made sense for me, particularly in this current context, you know, where people are, like, cooped up at home. You're not allowed to go anywhere or interact with people. Um, You know, it makes sense that people would, you know, want to go somewhere where you are interacting with people and people are happy to see you like even if it is costing you money so i just you know wanted to share that thought that was interesting um again strip clubs not really for me i think that's just like a personality trait thing where i find it hard to deal with like things that i see as being fake again i'm the same way even like going to like uh, a store and a salesman's trying to like you know get all salesy with me i hate that shit because i'm like ah, uh, yeah or, or you know like when someone comes knocking on your door i don't really have that problem anymore living in an apartment thank god but 
at our old place that we used to live at, you would always have people like knocking on the door. And it's like, I know that you're, you've memorized the sales script and like, you know, not, none of this is real. You're not listening to what I'm saying. You have a script in your head that you're saying. And no matter what I say, you've got an answer to like jump to on your little sheet. So I can't, I can't deal with like an interaction like that either because I know it's so fake. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I delve into my mind more so than anything. Uh, but let's jump to a Quebec court appeal, a court of appeal, where a man who bet big in a best of three game of rock, paper, scissors has been saved from his debts. I didn't know that you could bet big on a game of rock, paper, scissors. And with whom? And in what establishment could you do this? Um, Edmund Mark Hooper owed 517000 Australian dollars after losing to Michael Premier in January 2011 and was forced to remortgage his home to meet the costs, but the court has now written off his debts. Edmund, where were you? What were you doing and why? Why did you decide to bet big on a fucking best of three game of rock, paper, scissors? According to Quebec law, any contract for a bet requires the wager to be based on an activity, quote, requiring only skill or bodily exertion on the part of the parties and not simply chance. Furthermore, the bet must not be for an excessive amount. Wait, requiring only skill or bodily exertion on the part of the parties. Okay, doesn't that then mean that you technically couldn't bet on sports? Or is that, a, is that a different thing? Is a wager different to a bet? I have no idea. Furthermore, the okay, so the bet must not be for an excessive amount. So the Court of Appeal had to decide whether rock, paper, scissors was a game of luck or skill. The best. What, to be to be pulled in for jury duty on that case. <laughs> Yarn, I do declare today I would like to appeal to the five people of the jury that rock, paper, scissors shoot as we say in the south um is neither a game of luck nor skill but a game of stupidity on the part of my defendant edmund hooper who is fucking stupid why would you bet 500 and say it was 296,000 pounds but how did that number this there's so much information in this that isn't given that i need like, where did this happen? Why did this happen? Was this was this the settle or not? Did you lose a poker game and then go, look, double or nothing, rock, paper, scissors, best of three to settle my debts? Um, the original 2017 judgment by Justice Chantel Chantelaine. Your name is Chantel Chantelaine. It's the best. Um, ruled that rock, paper, scissors could, in certain precise circumstances, call upon the skill of the parties, particularly in the speed of execution, the sense of observation, or the putting in place of a strategic sequence. Like, it, this isn't a fucking game of Yu-Gi-Oh, Chantel. This is. So I wonder if I wonder if you can be okay. Well, in, in this case, that means that we can definitely work on 
our rock, paper, scissors abilities, I can devise a strategic sequence, okay? I can try and elevate my sense of observation to, you know, uh, you, like a professional poker player talking about what they can, they notice a tell. Yes, I uh, noticed that he looked at his pinky finger each time he was going to throw rock. And that's how I knew. Paper all the way, baby. And the speed of execution. You have to do it at the same time anyway. So the speed of execution seems irrelevant to me. Because if you, if you do it too fast, if you're too good at your job, and I've, <laughs> I've thrown down my, I threw down my scissors too fast, he's seen my scissors as, you know, paper is coming in and he's gone back to rock. Boom. Fucked you. Sometimes you can be too skillful. They don't tell you that in all the best books on rock, paper, scissors um, strategy. <clears throat> but Justice Chantelaine ruled that the size of the bet was too excessive, finding the contract was therefore invalid. That's the only reason. That's the only reason it was invalid. She's like, look, is it a game of skill or luck? Definitely skill. Okay. Speed of execution. Strategic sequencing, sense of observation, noticing the tells of, of your opponent, getting inside the mind of your opponent, playing those mind games, definitely a game of skill. Mm, the only reason that we're going to say that this is invalid is because the bet size was too big. The Court of Appeal uh, has upheld this decision. Jesus, fuck. He's, he was sitting there as she was saying, look, in certain precise circumstances very fucking precise circumstances might i add call upon the skill of the parties you know the speed of execution he's going oh fuck oh fuck i'm fucked i'm fucked i'm fucked right now <laughs> she's gonna tell me that this is a game of skill and i'm gonna have to pay this idiot five hundred seventeen thousand dollars. i'm fucked but the bet was too big oh thank god um, again, gambling, not something I've ever, uh, been into. I've played in my lifetime. I played the lotto twice. Naturally didn't win. Okay. Cause I'm obviously not recording this podcast while fishing out of a helicopter as the ads show that you should be doing if you win the lotto. Um, and I've played a, and I've played slots once. Yeah, I put in a dollar and I bet 50 cents twice, had no idea what I was doing, lost it, never circled back to play the pokies ever again. Even though I like, I have mates who like, could, like if they could, would play pokies for hours and, and used to. Never fucking, you know, didn't give a shit. Just never piqued my interest. I don't know. Like betting on sports, but, but, I don't know. Just never... Never appealed to me, but I wanted to know why people gamble. I don't know why I said it like that. Research has consistently shown that people often gamble for reasons other than broad social and economic reasons. These other motivations may vary according to personal characteristics of the gambler and the type of gambling activity. Additionally, broad social and economic theories fail to explain why certain gambling activities are more popular or addictive than others. Okay. I would imagine, like, unless it's, like, a, like an app, because, like, aren't those, like, 
built to be addictive. They have put like addictive properties in. I don't know. Anyway, um, variations in gambling preferences are thought to result from both differences in accessibility and motivation. Older people tend to choose activities that minimize the need for complex decision-making or concentration, e.g. bingo and slot machines. Whereas gender differences have been attributed to a number of factors, including variations in sex role, socialization, cultural differences, and theories of motivation. That's interesting. Women tend to prefer chance-based games and men tend to prefer skill-based games. Even in some games that are predominantly chance-based, men attempt to impose some level of skill. For instance, of course they do, because a dude can never be like, they're like, oh, wow, you got so lucky. He's like, did I get lucky, Brad? Did I get lucky? Or was it my natural skill? My talents? The uh, way that I, my speed of execution... And the way that I was able to read that he was definitely going to throw scissors in that very precise circumstance, I think you'll find it's all skill, baby, you know? No chance here. All skill. Chance zero, skill, hundred. <laughs> of course a dude would be like, ah, I know that this is predominantly chance-based, but not when I play. Well, when everyone plays, yes, I know, but not when I play. Okay, Brad. Uh, for instance, poker, which people regard as skill-based, has a massive amount of chance involved. Similarly, men often, in their own minds, change playing a slot machine from a chance-based event into a more <laughs> skill-based activity via cognitive processes such as the illusion of control. You see, guys, the, the, the real tip to the slot machine is to you hit 50 cents twice you hit cancel you hit 25 cents three times pull the lever three times all skill i've mastered it <laughs> i don't know how slots work obviously anyone who's like sitting here they're like that's what game is that you fucking idiot <laughs> Um, the other factor to consider is that generally speaking, women don't like it when other people see them losing on a slot machine. No one sees the player as losing. So it's often a very guilt-free private experience for men. On the other hand, even when they're losing big, there's a machismo attached to it that says, yes, I've lost 500 pounds, but I can afford it. Brad, you literally said that you were coming here tonight too. And you said, uh, crying might I add in the back of the taxi that I had to pay for oh god oh god please please let me win I need to pay rent this week so I don't know <laughs> that doesn't sound like something I'd say Mark you see I can afford it I can fuck I'm fucked aren't I but I think I can afford it Dudes, dudes are fucking so stupid, man. Um, gambling is one of those activities where people effectively can get something for nothing, which is why people will take the risks. The attraction of lottery, for example, is that for a very small stake, the individual can have a life-changing experience. And things are further complicated by the fact that most lottery players don't see the activity as gambling. 
People who enjoy playing roulette or betting on a football match enjoy the betting or gaming experience itself. In short, each gambling activity has its own unique psychological, although there are un- has its own unique psychology. Sorry, although there are undoubtedly overlaps. While gamblers may seem to primarily be driven by profit, the psychological evidence is overwhelming that the other desires affect gambling actions. Put simply. For most gamblers, our actions contradict the desire to maximize profits. Uh, so there appear to be a whole range of unconscious factors at play in gambling. For instance, if players make a successful bluff during a card game, it's human nature to want people to know how smart they are. The golden rule in poker is never give away, uh, never give anything away, but the human psyche works in such a way that we usually want to show off once in a while. A psychological makeup also means that we let pride get in the way of minimizing losses. So someone's like, make a bluff there. Yeah, yeah, man, I mean, geez, uh, what's, what's, can I do anything with an eight and a five and a three? Ugh, crumbs. Guess I'm just not very good at this game. The video viewers <laughs> see my looking into the camera knowingly. Give it, give them, give everyone else at the table a wink, and you mime. I've got aces, aces. Because you can't, you can't not let them know that I'm getting one over on you. I can't, can't and won't let it happen. You need to know that I'm getting one over. There are always games that should have been avoided, but players end up staying in them long after they knew it was a mistake. None of us like to lose. None of us like to lose to who we think are weaker players or admit that the game was too hard. How many times does a player continue playing because they want to try and get get the better of another player or show off because there is someone they're trying to impress? Although it's cliche, pride before a fall is commonplace. These short-term psychological satisfactions will almost always have a negative impact on long-term profits. So our takeaways are basically dudes, 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 dudes will gamble in a way that even if it has really nothing to do with them and they're winning, it's because of them. And chicks like to gamble in a way that no one can see that they're losing, I guess. I don't know. Hey, the house always wins. Keep that in mind. Even even like people will be like, fuck yeah, man, I made 50 bucks. And they're not telling you about the fact that like they put in a hundred. You lost 50. Let's be honest. You lost 50. Did you make 150? No. Well, then you didn't make 50. You lost 50. I guess that is the good part about slots as well, where no one can really see. You're just like, well, guess I'm done slotting now. But then apparently, and apparently there's like old people who are lurkers and they wait to see that because they think that a machine is gets primed to go off. And if someone's been playing it and it didn't go off, they have lurking in the wings, waiting to pounce on it. Ah, Judy's over there. Oh, she's done slotting, is she? Well, that machine's primed to go off. Gmar Jones is getting in there. Prize pool! I don't know. Jackpot! 
That's the one. See, I'm fucking not in the <laughs> I got it the lingo wrong. God damn it. Before we get out of here, let's take a journey over to Elkhart County, which I think is in Indiana, Minnesota. A Minnesota man was arrested last night in Elkhart County after officials say he led Indiana State Police on a high-speed pursuit because he thought they, quote, wanted to race. Clearly they did. Were they still chasing him? And was he ahead of them? Sounds like they're just sore losers. According to the press release, 25-year-old Musab Al-Shassane was clocked by troopers going 120 miles an hour in a 70-mile-an-hour zone. The red Mustang was chased for 25 miles with tr- with troopers throwing stop, ticks, stop sticks twice before the pursuit ended. That's how you know they definitely couldn't catch up because it was a Mustang. I've seen Gone in 60 Seconds and, no- and number two, it was red and everyone knows that red cars are faster. Police say Al-Shassain told troopers he didn't stop because he thought the officers wanted to race. <laughs> of course, of course. No, I thought... The I thought the lights and set, that was to get everyone else out of the way of the race. We weren't racing. Oh man, you guys cheated with those stop sticks. I reckon because that's bullshit. <laughs> guys, I was winning until those fucking idiots blew out my tires. But whatever. I just thought you guys wanted to race. How could I have known that you wanted to pull me over? He was taken to Elthart County Jail and now faces preliminary charges of resisting police, reckless driving, and several moving violations. Guys, if you want to pull me over, you've got to make it more clear. Otherwise, I figure you just want to race. And we don't have all the details as to how this started. Was the police next to him at a set of lights revving their engine? That could mean they want to race. Oh, fuck it. I love when people give like the dumbest excuses for trying to get out of stuff. And it's like, cut, dude, you, you knew, you knew what was happening. Oh, crumbs. I thought, I just thought you guys wanted to race me. Oh, sorry guys. No, I would have stopped if I thought you were pulling me over, but I just thought we were racing, you know, even when the lights and sirens came on. And even when like 12 other cars got involved and that helicopter and the stop sticks and the roadblocks, two more police cars. Then when you guys tried ramming me off the road, I thought, all right, we're playing dirty. (laughs) We are playing dirty in this race. It sounds pretty easy to understand. Pretty easy to get in the headspace of this person. Uh, Boy, light car, car go fast, car go faster than your car, ego, Gas, cops, fuck, stop. So pretty, pretty simple one. And uh, that's going to do it for this episode. But if you're a supporter of the show on Patreon, stay tuned for our post-credits bonus question. Very much like a Marvel film over here with that post, that post-credits bonus content, you know? except it has nothing to do with like an upcoming episode. It's just a bonus little quest. Uh, <laughs> I hope that sounds appealing. <laughs> Everyone else is just like, uh, yeah, really sold that one. 
Yeah, no, you really did a really good job of selling that one. Now I'm definitely going to head over to patreon.com forward slash one weird podcast to sign up and become a patron today. But if you are digging what I'm doing here and you'd like to support the show or get your hands on early episodes, behind the scenes stuff, bonus content, then you can head over to patreon.com forward slash one weird podcast. Check out the tiers. Become a patron today, you know. Again, very special thank you to the people who are patrons. Shane, Sam, producer patron Sam, you guys, absolute legends. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It means the absolute world to me that I have your support and can't thank you guys enough. Again, I say it all the time, but it's a, it's a totally different thing when, when someone is like, hey, I like your thing and like they tell someone else about it or they share it with people or you know they share it on social media which are all things that you should do that you should do right now in fact um but it's a it's a whole separate level to be like and here's my money so thank you guys so much um and if you want to keep up to date with all things weird but wonderful you can go slap a follow on the socials at one weird podcast facebook twitter instagram you can also find me on instagram and twitter at my pixel persona um and finally like i said don't forget share the show uh with a friend leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts although realistically it's like just apple podcast slash itunes is like the main place can you leave rating and reviews for podcasts anywhere else because i i use google podcasts and there's no like rating and review system i used to use pocket cast there was no rating and review system is it just apple let me know um but, you know, go do all those things because it helps people like you find the show and it lets those GD algorithms know, hey, this ain't trash. Um, so thank you for listening. This has been episode something. Come back for the next episode and I'll see you next time. Peace. I was like, peace. <laughs> hey, fucked up the outro right at the end there. Awesome. See you next time. All right, Patriot peeps. Bring it in. Bring it in. Bring it in closer. Let's get real close. Let's get real dirty. Uh, let's. Hey, hey, whoa, back up. Too close. You've come too close. My sister's boyfriend, Derek, has been staying at our house since March. It's honestly been one of the worst things about never being able to leave the house. <sighs> Just can't escape Derek. It's everywhere you turn, Derek. I didn't even meet him before my parents allowed him to stay with us. They met him when they visited her at college. He's really, he's really fucking grating. Always thinks he's the smartest person in the room and is honestly just annoying as fuck. He's not polite. Who the, what is happening? Am I getting a call on my computer? Oh my God. Excuse me, interruptions. Excuse me, interruptions. Sorry, it was a Discord call. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening for a second there. Um, he's not polite. He never never offers to do any chores or dishes or anything. Just a complete loser. I don't get what my sister sees in him.
Usually when I would watch something with my mum and dad, we would all kind of make comments about what was happening or whatever. But early on during his stay, Derek said this was too distracting and he needed to focus on what? Watching a fucking TV show or movie. Calm down, Derek. It's not that serious. Uh, I vented a little to my mum about Derek, including his need for dead silence when watching TV. Dude. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, 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 keep it down. Derek needs dead silence. While watching Big Brother up late, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know who's sleeping with who. I don't know what the latest goss is or who drank Martha's milk. Thank you. She said that she understood that it was frustrating, but that we need to make him feel comfortable as a guest. I was good at this until last night. We were watching Molly's game and I was enjoying it. Maybe an hour in during a transition from one scene to another, I asked my dad to pause it so I could go to the bathroom. Immediately after, Derek looks at me, puts his finger over his mouth and literally loudly shushes me like I'm a two-year-old. Oh, fuck. Oh, Derek, you done fucked up now. For just asking to pause the movie, I got beyond pissed off and was like, fuck this. I'm not watching this movie with him. I just can't fucking do it. All quotes. Maybe it wasn't exactly that. I don't remember because I was so angry, but it was something like that. I didn't personally insult him though. My mum my mom calls after me, so I just go to the bathroom and then my room. My sister texted me that I was behaving like a fucking bitch and I texted her back that her boyfriend was a fucking tool. Ah, oh, Derek, dividing the house. My mum came into my room later and said that she understood why I felt that way. But I felt that I... She understood why I felt that way, but that I need to apologize to Derek. I said I wouldn't because I don't think I did anything wrong. Anyway, now I'm in bed dreading facing them, so I probably won't leave my room all day. But I need to know, am I in the wrong here? Dude, I understand it can be a little frustrating when someone's like talking a lot during like a TV show or a movie. But for you to be like, hey, can we can we pause it so I can go to the toilet real quick? And for someone to just flat out hit you with a... Shh. That's... I'm not at the cinema, Derek. I'm not, I'm not loudly crunching down on a bag of Maltesers while laughing 30 seconds after the joke was told and then talking about it to the person that I'm with. I asked if we could pause the TV show so I could piss. Yeah, I think you should apologize to Derek. I think Derek should go fucking fuck himself. Hey, Derek, uh, fuck you, okay? I don't want to miss the show that we're all watching and I can ask during during a transition scene might i add that i want to go to the toilet hey dad can i go to the toilet because um we've all been watching molly's game together and i really don't want to miss what molly is doing in her game never seen it no idea what it's about so if we could just go ahead and pour shh hit me with a oh hit me with a shush derek you're not in the wrong absolutely not absolutely not you can ask, you can ask, it's such a, it's a, on a such a different level. 
You're not talking during a movie. You're not distracting from anything. Okay. You just asked if you could pause it or go into the toilet. That's it. There's nothing wrong with that. Never apologize for that in your fucking life. Derek is a fucking douchebag and anyone supporting Derek is a, is a fucking asshole. Hey, Derek, albeit that he is a shitty person with a shitty fucking attitude doing shitty things in our house and he's a guest here, so really maybe he should put his fucking manners back in and shut his fucking cunt mouth. Um, we need to be accepting of Derek's shitty fucking behavior. So I'm going to need you to apologize to Derek. Never in my life. Hey, Derek, you should write a letter to Derek, but detailing why he's a fucking idiot. Hey, Derek, here are the reasons why you suck and why what I did wasn't bad and why what you did way worse. P.S. Go fuck yourself. Fuck Derek. Derek's going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sure. Derek, you are a guest in my house. You're going to hit me with a shush? When I ask during a transition scene if I can go piss? Oh. You should have gone back. Well, here's what you do. Because now, fuck Derek. Derek's a dickhead. So fuck Derek forever. Forever. This person is clearly unredeemable as a human being. And now what you need to do is make sure you're around all the time that Derek is watching films and TV shows and never stop fucking talking and asking questions because, hey, Derek, yes, it's petty, but fuck you. What you did was the worst and you're a guest here. The audacity of Derek in front of my whole family to shush me when I ask if we can pause so I can go to the toilet. Drive Derek out. Drive Derek mad and then he'll have to leave and then you don't have a Derek problem anymore. Double fuck you, Derek. Uh, this is a, an official response from the Weird and Wonderful podcast from the people here at Weird But Wonderful, which is just me. Fuck you, Derek. Fuck you. Never shush someone in their own house, you piece of shit. And P.S. Go fuck yourself. Okay? So um, that's going to do it. <laughs> I'm left. We're leaving on a very pissed note. Cause fuck Derek. Fucking Derek. Okay, I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here before I lose my GD marbles at Derek and his fucking shitty fucking move. How how dare you, Derek? The fucking goal of Derek. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna go enjoy a, a birthday donut. That's what I'm gonna do right now, and um, that's it. I'm gonna try and get this episode up today. Minimal editing, hopefully, and I can get it up to you. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. You know these bonus bits are for you because you're supporting the show with your shares. You're telling people about the show and your bucks. You're on a whole different level. So, shouts out to you. Love ya. I'll talk to you next time. Peace. Didn't fuck it up that time. Didn't hit the mic stand. Fucked it up when everyone else was listening. Just you and me here. I fuck it up. I don't fuck it up. God damn it. Fuck Derek. I'm out.